Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us on our 127th episode of the podcast where we had a chance to talk to Mark Gibbs. Coach Mark Gibbs is the head coach of the National Powerhouse Program, St. John's College of D.C. He has an overall nearly 80% winning record in his 17-year career. He has over 300 wins, doesn't even have 100 losses in 17 years, where has been 13 20-win seasons. Six of those seasons have been nationally ranked. He's been on the cover. St. John's has been on the cover of Baseball America. He sent 124 players to college from St. John's. 17 of which have been drafted or signed as free agents. Multiple conference tournaments, which he just won uh, the day after we talked. It's pretty awesome. Uh, again, just showing the kind of kind of guy he is, just wanting to talk baseball when, you know, we all know how it is at the end of that season and where we're at. And he just, after all, for winning his eighth conference title, he's won three other D.C., State titles. And the difference between the two of them is conferences. They, they play the conference schedule, as then also all the teams in D.C. also choose to play in a tournament. He's won that three different times. Many different Coach of the Year honors from Washington Post, his conference championship, USA Today, and the D.C. area coaches awards. So many different coaches awards, um, but just a tremendous, amazing guy. He's done some. Great work in the development area. Was a great player in his own right from George Mason some time professionally. And a great guy. Um, really get a chance to just spend some great time. Had just a great baseball conversation. Touched base of multiple things. Uh, from the end, we're talking about base running. And to the beginning of talking about strength, strength and how he's implementing strength in his program, but you can tell the the guy eats, sleeps, and breathes St. John's. It's a part of who he is. It's a part of the decision that how he chose to make uh, when he was done playing. We touched base about him making that decision. I just had a great, great conversation, and that's really all, the all the whole goal. And we're fortunate, I'm fortunate that these guys want want to share their conversations and. Coach Gibbs is a real guy. Like gave some real, just honest, truthful answers, and and to to listen to a guy of his magnitude, of his career, stature, like and, and to touch base about his process and just hear the realness of, of the decisions and the things that he does, um, it's great. I think it's very valuable, and I'm I'm blessed to be able to to learn and share. And I'm really thankful for him that he's willing to do the same thing. So um, thankful for him and thankful for our sponsor as well, giving us a bigger platform. Uh, netting Professionals. Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting Professionals specialize in the design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting professionals continue to provide quality products and services to many recreation, high school, and college fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. 
Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all the latest products and projects. Big shout-out to Netting Pros. Big shout-out to Coach Gibbs. Enjoy it. Here he is, head coach, St. John's College and High School in D.C., Coach Mark Gibbs. Yeah, you know, when I came, um, I, I, I can still remember, uh, I think perfect game started in earnest, my, kind of like my senior year of high school, um, and they grew and grew. And I can remember when I came back to help my dad at St. John's, our number one pitcher and catcher was committed to UNC Charlotte, was invited to go to the uh, national showcase. And I had no idea what it was. I just knew that it was pretty limited to, to you know, a certain amount of players, um, you know, and, and only, anyway, I mean, you're talking, you know, maybe six or seven guys played quote unquote showcase baseball at that time. Everybody else played, played American Legion or played some local league here. Um, and that was 2003, you know, you're talking about by 2008, um, you know, you had the, you know, the establishment of, you know, the continued establishment of the dirt bags and, and the, the start of the canes. And, you know, I mean, that was 44 years, um, how quickly that turned. And, and I actually approached Montgomery County American Legion about having a St. John's team in the American Legion League. They, they, <laughs> they, they said, unless you find an American Legion post, we cannot allow you to play in the league. <laughs> um, so that didn't work out. Um, but, you know, I mean, you know, I am stubborn in some ways about, you know, what I what I what I think from an experience standpoint would would be really good for, you know, to have the kids go through. Um you know, I think that's why part of why I continue to do what I do with our summer and fall program with all of our guys staying together, because I think it it creates something a little bit bigger than just going from one team to another. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, times change and in five years, it's probably going to be something different than it is now. Um, you know, with the, with the way the recruiting has changed, um, the new rules that have been implemented. You know, I'm hoping that at least, you know, through eighth and ninth grade, the kids get a, a more normal experience um, playing amateur sports than, um, you know, than, than than what's been going on in the last five years. But we'll see. Yeah. And then it's like that's got to get built too. you know, the right way where now you know, people haven't been putting into that where maybe people do now put into more of the local, you know, you can have a better local organization or structure to prepare them because like, yeah, it's doesn't that early stuff doesn't matter. Although I, although I have seen a couple like younger guys commit yeah. here recently, the next month. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know, like last month, you know, just so you, you wonder how that's working. Um, you know, but yeah, I just, I think you find that a commonality between like, like a lot of really great coaches that you need to adapt you know, and you got to understand, like you said, I, like I, from an experience standpoint, I wish we could do this, but knowing maybe what's the reality of where things are and how can then we make it better? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. Always. It's always the goal, right? Try to make it a little bit better each year and, you know, adapt as so, much as you can. And then your, so your dad, like, is that something that St. John's has, is always adopted or is that something that you 
brought in when you took over was keeping the guys together, putting them in the summer, like doing the fall, summer fall stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, my dad was there. He came in my freshman year and he was there for 13 years. I mean, my, my family history at St. John's and my grandfather graduated in 1941. My great uncle graduated in 43. My dad in 1967. Um, I think my grandmother's brother graduated in my grandmother's brother also graduated around the time of my grandfather. And then their kids also came through. And then, mm. um, you know, I had two cousins graduate from there. My brother in 92, um, you know, me in 96, my nephew graduated in 2021. I have a nephew who will graduate next year. My son just started his freshman year. So nice. you know, there's, a, there's a big family lineage at St. John's for our family. Um, so, but when I came back, um, uh, you know, I, I just kind of watched, um, I, I, I would see the guys go away for the summer and, you know, I started giving them lifting packets and, and workout packets. And here's the all, here's the offensive stuff I want you to do. Here's the defensive stuff I want you to do broken down by positions. And, you know, it's, if you can't, it's working out individually is really hard. Um, you know, and, and, you know, there are, you know, the, the, the amount of, of individual instruction that's available now is, is so, so much greater than it was when we were in high school. So you can find somebody for a hundred dollars an hour to hit your ground balls and, and work you out. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm of the belief that you, you know, you have to figure out how to do those things on your own as well. Um, so I would see them go away for the summer and they'd come back and it didn't seem like um, the two and a half to three months was, put to as good a use as I would have liked it to be. So, um, you know, there wasn't really much happening on campus at St. John's during the summer. So I just started doing workouts in the summer and I just put, started putting teams together, uh, with our guys. And, you know, back then it was kind of loose where the, um, if you wanted to play, you play, if you didn't, you went off and did your own thing. And, and, you know, we, I did that from 2006 and I took over in 2000, I started in 2005 on um, 2007, I took it over and about 2012 is kind of where it became part of the program. Like, Hey, this is what we do. Um, you know, if you want to come to St. John's and play baseball, then, then this is going to be part of it. And it was explained to the parents up front. And, um, you know, so, so it was kind of a gradual thing where I was mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, and, and what's happened is that the, you know, the continuity that we've been able to achieve um, because the guys have stayed together during the summer and during the fall, you know, I believe has produced, you know, the results that a lot of the results that we get in the spring. Um, you know, we added a strength coach and in a full-time strength coach with the program in 2009, and he's been with us ever since. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And he's, he's with the guys, you know, four days a week in the summer and three days a week, pretty much all year. Um, and then travels with us during the season. So we added a physical therapist in 2016. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's continued to grow year to year, <laughs> year to year. So I, I just, and I, I just love what your comment was like earlier was like saying how it, it, you feel it's also bringing things that's bigger than baseball. So that yeah. was pretty, pretty awesome. And it's pretty awesome statement. <laughs> Mm. And like, I, I even think about like a high school, like bringing on a strength coach 
is this just a guy that you just basically is like an is he just like an assistant coach or is this something that the school had to brought on or like is this like how'd you do that? So uh, when I when I took over when I when I came on full time on staff, um, uh, we had a player come in. So I came in full time in two thousand four. In two thousand five, we had a, a a player come in by the name of L.J. Hose, and his dad um, had played college football and you know, I needed somebody to help me with the lifting. And and he came in and he said, Hey coach, I'll help you in the weight room. And that, you know, helped me out because then I don't have to be there the entire time. And he kind of, he kind of ran the weight room for the four years that LJ was at school. Um, and then when LJ left, obviously his dad wasn't going to be back on campus three or four times a week, help running this thing. So, um, we had another father who was, who was kind of helping us out. And, and he said, hey, why don't we, you know, kind of try to outsource this and bring in a group or a person. And his name, the the coach that was working at St. John's name is Dwayne Flowers. He played football at the Naval Academy. And a buddy of his was working, um, had this strength coach by the name of Walt Klein. And we met with him that summer and he kind of laid out his whole his whole deal, what he does, how he does it. And, you know, I was like, well, you know, let's, let's give it a try. And, and we need somebody it's doing so much for us. That's you yeah. know, having a dedicated guy just for the baseball program. So, so he came on board in, in the, in the summer of 2008. And uh, you know, I mean, being here for that long, he's so much more than just a strength coach. Um, you know, he spends more time with the players than anybody but me. And he, and he's given me a run for my money. So hmm. Um, you know, the guys love him and, and he's got such a passion for what he does, but he also has a passion for the program. And, and that's, you know, when you're, when you're looking for, you know, guys that are ingrained in your program, it's something you, you definitely need. Um, but it's also something that I think for us gives us a massive leg up because of the consistency that we have throughout the course of the year. Um, you know, the relationship that I have with him to talk to him about what I'm seeing, the players can come in and talk to him about what I'm seeing, what they're, what they're seeing. Um, so, you know, we're, we're only, you know, the only thing we're limited strength wise is by time and space. So, um, you know, never enough time and never enough space to get done what we need to get done. But, uh, but no, he is, uh, he is our sports performance coach. Um, so, um, you know, it's not an assistant coach who does it, it is a dedicated sports performance coach. Awesome. And like, so you guys probably have in-season lists. Like you're just lifting all year. You're just you're lifting all the time. Yeah, yeah. Different so we'll, phases of what guys need. Yep, yep. So, uh, so right now, you know, we since we finished this weekend, um, you know, during the season, it's once a week, usually in the middle of the week, that we're we're in the weight room with him um, to maintain and, and get us through the year. Um, you know, we're playing three to four games a week, so it becomes really hard. And and we're, you know, our our school, the kids that come to St. John's are from, you know, 40, 40 to 50 square miles. So, you know, we have kids that are traveling, you know, a long way to get to school. So you can't, you know, if you, even if you finish practice at five 30, some nights, they wouldn't get home till eight if they went to, went to the weight room. So, you know, you're, you're trying to maximize what you can do. Um, so no, so there, you know, we lift once a week during the season and then we'll start lifting four days a week in the summer um for six weeks um and then they live three times a week from the start of school until the start of the season uh three to four out three three times a week in the fall and then four times a week through the winter so um yeah they're that's they, I, I, they like the weight room more than they like the batting cage 
That's <laughs> great. But it's honestly for, for the young guys, just the way that to develop that athleticism and things like that, you know, so much is done in the, during baseball and that hinge. There's just reality of it. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I was thigin like man like just even I was like you said lift endurance four times four times a week during the summer like you even having their summer schedule and here's what we're going to do like you're able to easily say like well I can know you can come lift here here and here like just the and that consistency is yeah that's pretty nice yeah 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 I saw I I said it all and you know can 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 move things around and um, but you know, the weight room has become such a big part of baseball that, um, you know, I, I think it, it has to be a priority for, I mean, for us, it has to be a priority that they're in the weight room as much as we can get them in there. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's gotten to the point, like, do you feel like, uh, it was good to outsource it to someone who's just really dedicated to that? Like, do you feel like it got to a point where like, look, like I can only make program so much or know the things to do. Like, you feel like. It, that's kind of like a good model to say like, Hey, I think you get into somebody's hands to outsource it. Like, was that part of it too? No doubt. I mean, I, you know, my, you know, the lifting that I did in high school, college and right. baseball was, was very, um, you know, there was no, I guess there was thought when we were in college as to the guy was telling us what to do, but it, it's what, what our players do in terms of how, how the lifts go throughout the course of the year is so beyond anything that I ever did. Um, you know, the, the, you know, the type of lifts that they do, um, how much they do them, the weight that they do, how it scales up and down, when it scales up and down, how he can manipulate it for, you know, for one group of players that have to go to a five day showcase versus a group of players that just go into a two day showcase the week leading up into it. Um, because you know, you've got three teams. So essentially a third of the team is doing one thing. A third of the team is doing another. And when you have, you know, 50 guys down on the field, you know, it, it makes it, you know, makes it easier to be able to adjust. Um, but you, you know, you, and, and you can also internally adjust if a single player has to go to a, you know, to trial with team USA or to, you know, we have a, a player that's going to go to the breakthrough series this year. So how do you adjust for that? So, um, that, that's been the biggest advantage um from for our program is that he can manipulate what we're doing throughout the course of the year to peak at certain times um for the players to be ready when they run when they really need to be ready yeah super super valuable you know and and even for you to like as a coach and knowing the kind of like standard that you have like it also freed you up to, to still be so much invested in the baseball side instead of having to dig into that like sports performance no doubt about it. And, and, you know, I, I looked through the list of coaches on your, uh, you know, on the, you know, the group that came on the, on your, uh, on the, on the page and, and so many guys that, that I know really well um, and some guys that I'd like to know better, but, um, or know it all. Uh, but I'm sure they would say that most of what, you know, most of what coaches do is not, or at least most of what head coaches do is not instruction. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's everything else. Um, so being able to, to hand, uh, whether it's the, you know, whether it is the lifting or, you know, injury prevention or the catching or the pitching off to somebody else, um, you know, while you can manage kind of monitor everything, um, you know, is a, is a huge help for me. I, you know, I could, there's no way I could do all that. Yeah. And I, that's your success speaks for yourself. Like, so that's always the thing. Like I always like to, I, I like to 
I say is because I, it's also a big challenge of the accountability piece, you know, like, so like finding a guy. And I guess, like you said, you knew like your brother's friend who's been with you for the, the entire time with catchers, right? Yep. Yep. 16 years. And like, but like finding another guy, finding a guy and then, and then managing that, or let's say holding, do you train a coach? Do you know, like you just know them coming into it? Like, how do you get to that point where then you're, you're okay with, where you just handed the strength coach, like, all right, you can run with this, you know, Hey, I, you, you can run with the pitchers. Like how are you able to get to that point and then check in with them? Like you said. Yeah. Well, with, you know what? The strength coach, he wants me to learn as much as possible. Um, you know, I, I don't nearly know as much as he would like me to know in terms of, you know, what he's doing. He, you know, he's trying to teach me what he's doing so that I understand how things are being run within, within the, the sports performance side of things. Um, I, I, I will say that I have been uh, extremely lucky with the people that we have bought, brought into the program. Um, they are intensely loyal, not only to me, but to St. John's, um, you know, and, and, you know, my, my number one assistant is my dad. I mean, he, you know, the, the first thing I would tell any head, any young head coach is to find somebody who has significant experience to sit next to you, um, you know, to be able to work through things with you, because a lot of what you're dealing with is not on the field. It's, you know, you know, having, you know, how, how are you going to handle parents? How are you going to handle off the field issues? Um, how are you going to handle on the field issues that have nothing to do with baseball um, or have very little to do with baseball in terms of, you know, attitudes or stuff like that? Um, you know, so so having my dad on staff, um, my brother has been on staff for the bulk of my time at St. John's. Um, you know, and he's my best friend. Um, as I said, my the catching coach I've known since I was, you know, eight or nine. Um, and um you know, we have another assistant, assistant named John Sidalow that I've known since I was in college. Um, so over 20 years, um, I've known him. Um, our current pitching coach played at the Matha. Um, and then I coached him uh, in summer baseball in the Cal Ripken League. Um, and then he, after he finished playing, he went and coached at McNamara, which is another rival school in our conference. Um, and then spent a couple years at the Matha. And, and when our pitching coach moved on, you know, I was able to to uh, to finagle. He had, you know, the the whole staff at the math had gotten let go at that time. So I was able to to finagle and bring him to St. John's. But again, another guy that I've known for a long, long time. Uh, you know, our head JV coach played at St. John's for me and graduated in 2013. Our head freshman coach played for me and graduated in 2016. Um, you know, I I mean, I've just been, you know, even the assistants that we have, I've you know, I've just been at the lower levels, just been so lucky with the people that I'm surrounded by um, that, you know, they all they all agree with the the overall program philosophy of what we're doing. They know that I have their back with the decisions that they make. Um, you know, everything is done a certain way. The JV and the freshman teams follow our practice model. Um, everybody does the exact same offense. Everybody does the exact same defense all the same bunt coverages, all the same picks, everything up and up and down the board is exactly the same. They all coach in the summer for the teams. Um, so, um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I don't have any problem going and telling, you know, Hey, what do you, you know, 
you guys aren't handling the hitters. I'm just here. And if you need my help, come, come ask me, or I'll come tell you what I think, but I'm not going to talk to the hitters because I have you guys uh, with the pitching coach. We sit and we go down through everything, but at the end of the day, he's going to call pitches and, and he's going to be in the bullpen with them. And, and, you know, I'm going to let him do his job and, and that's kind of the way it is. And if you have good people and you trust them, then that's, that's the only way to do it. Absolutely, man. Ah, it's good. It's great. Yeah, just uh, and and like like we talked about, my my buddy Greg Lemon, man. There's another one right there. So oh, it's good, it's good people there, buddy. You know he uh, so so I I coached against him when he was playing for the Bethesda Big Train. Oh yeah, yeah, and um, you know what an absolute nightmare he was to coach against, <laughs> and so. He was at Salisbury with a guy by the name of Matt Peterson, who played at St. John's, who was one of the one of the really, really good players that played for my dad. They were teammates at Salisbury. And, and when Matt came back to Matt Peterson, graduated from Salisbury, he came back and, and started coaching at St. John's with me. And then, you know, after Lem kind of circled around and landed in the area, um, he got involved with us. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he, he coached in the summer and fall for – God, I want to say four years. Um, you know, it's all I, I always hate when somebody calls me and says, Mark, uh, I, we got to talk. Yeah. And and at that point with Lem, it was I'm moving to Germany. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't even understand what you're saying to me right now, man. Like, right, right. <laughs> um, right. But, uh, you know, I mean, what was great is he moved to Germany and a bunch of the guys that he coached one on, on our team and on our championship teams in 2017 and 18. And, you know, I would get text, regular texts from him during the course of the seasons about what was happening and how the guys were doing and what was what was going on there. You know, and immediately when he moved back, um, starts working winter camps again. Um, he has to help coach one of my um, my son's eighth grade team. Seven, I guess oh, they were in nice. seventh grade, just local local MCBA stuff. But you know, same. I mean, I just again just been so lucky that you know one of our former players played with him and he was in the air and he was looking for looking to coach and. You know, we end up with them and, um, you know, it's I, I cannot say how enough how lucky I am and, and how lucky our players are to be around this type of this type of group day in and day out. And and uh, but, yeah, just it's it's crazy. It does. It makes a huge difference. I, and even honestly, like when you talk about the list that I've just been fortunate enough to just to, to share space with like I am tonight with you is like. I find a commonality of like that consistent staff, you know, and where I think that in of itself um, is so where I feel like these programs make a big jump into is where you got guys that just consistently were there, um, you know, like you've had is just, and even just how do you build like, and I'm sure it's a really hard question, but like that consistency where like guys continue to that to do that to show up like how are you pouring into people like or like what makes like you to to, to consistently show up it's <laughs> that's, just it's, it's that's a good question well one you know having family do it is one thing um but uh i that that is a that is a that's a question i ask a lot you know yeah. I mean, why why you know the the catching coach i was talking about before he lives he lives in Southern Maryland. Um, and you know, I think he gets up at like four o'clock so he can get on the road and get to work, uh, to mm. be at practice by three. Um, 
you know, and he shows up once a week in the off season to work and work with the catchers. And, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't know. That's a, that's a great question. Um, and I'm sure they each have their own, their own reasons, but you know, we have great kids. We have great support from the administration and, um, uh, but I, I really, I don't know. It's, it, it is. I just, I just think for. when you're like, you know, well, like you said, when you're a young coach, like get an older guy, like thinking about that, like, how do you gain like, and even that, like from like, like you said, your advice to get a young coach, to get an older guy's experience, how do as a young coach, knowing that you got to remain consistent, you know, to kind of get where you're kind of where you are. Yeah. Well, you, you also make a lot of mistakes. So, yeah. you know, uh, you, you know, and hopefully you learn from them and, and I certainly have made my share and um, you know, I continue to make my share. I continue to make my share day in and day out. Um, but uh, you know, the consistency piece, um, you know, got to have good players, um, you know, and you got to have, you got to have guys that are willing to work. Um, and, you know, if you have a process with what you're doing from the day they walk into the door till the day that they leave and you're surrounding them with good people and good coaches, then, then you have a chance to be consistent. Dang on right. Perfect. Simple. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's simple, but it's like, it's not, it's just so hard, you know? And I'm like, I just, you know, just a life happens, you know, like, like I said, I kind of share with you my story and it's kind of life happens and, and, um, you know, but, but at this point, you know, I had, I had my guys that were with me for 11 years, you know, and, and, um, you know, just trying to take care of them and, and things like that, you know, it's, it's, uh, but like you said, you're owning your mistakes and understanding it, like, you know, like you see, you've, you can just hear like how much ownership you have, like St. John's is part of who you are, you know, and you can really hear that. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, you know, and not only your assistant coaches, but your family, as you said, with, you know, the adjustments that you made to be able to make it work. And, and, you know, my wife also went to St. John's and so did her brothers. Um, so, uh, you know, I can, I can remember being in, you know, when my brother was a freshman at St. John's going to basketball games and seeing her parents up in the stands watching the games. Um, so it's, it is, it's a, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's ingrained in terms of, you know, who I am as a person at St. John's, but just, you know, everything around me is St. John's. Um, and, and that, that, that makes it, that makes it easier as well. Sure. Sure. It does. You know, you mentioned about the, um, the administration support and just how, how vital that is, you know, has that, has that always been there or is that something that you've kind of had to, I guess, earn, you know, or is that something you just knew from the get go? You always had, your dad had it. You just, and it's just kind of grown. You know, I, I, before I became the head coach, I got a job working in the development office. Um, and in the development office, you work very closely to the president. We have a president principal model, meaning the president kind of oversees, you know, the principal runs the day-to-day -day operations of the school. The president oversees the school, oversees, um, you know, the, the admissions, oversees uh, the fundraising. So um, as, a, as a development officer, I have worked very close with both of the presidents that have been at St. John's. So I have been super lucky in that it's, it's, I'm not showing up, you know, once, you know, once every six months asking for something, um, you know, relationship that I have with the administration in St. John's goes deeper than just being a, a baseball coach because, because I'm there every day, um, you know, and, and, and I also think not, not being a teacher helps me out because, um, 
you know, it, it, it's a different dynamic as a teacher when you're when you're talking to the principal, the principal or the president versus the development officer. So, um, you know, I, I was just really lucky with that. And, you know, um, my first athletic director was uh, one of my one of my uh, he was the dean of students when I was at St. John's. Um, so uh, the new athletic director came in right about the same time I took over as head coach. Um, so, I, I mean, you know, it's kind of been, I, the, the path that has been laid for me with, within the school has been, um, uh, I've, it's been blessed because, because of that, you know, just the, the, the guys that have come in, the athletic directors that have come in the administration that we have, and they also see how hard the kids work, um, and what the coaching staff puts into it. Um, and, so they, they've just been very supportive of everything that we want to do, um, you know, across the board. So as long, as long as it fits in within the rules of our conference, they're, they're completely on board with everything that we do. That's great. I mean, that's just great. I mean, and then, cause, cause honestly, coach, you know, like you, you start researching and, and the success you guys have had and, and, um, you know, we talked about George Mason and things like that, you know, when coach camp got the job, which I thought about like, Hmm, I wonder if coach Gibbs would, you know, I wonder, like, I wonder if they had reached out to you and I'm like, you know, has that opportunity or have those opportunities been there? Or is it just something that St. John's is just the, you're in such a great situation that you just haven't worried about it or like, how have you made that decisions? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, um, nope. I've never had anybody reach out to me, uh, and I've never explored it. Um, so, you know, um, and I have such a great situation at St. John's, um, always knowing that my kids, I wanted my kids to go to school there. Um, you know, I kind of feel like if you want to get into college coach and you need to do it right away. Yeah. Um, because it takes so long to get to the point where you're making money and you're doing stuff. Um, you know, other than that, you're kind of, you know, it might, it's two years here, three years here, three years there. And I, I didn't, you know, coming out of when I finished playing, I didn't want to do that. I wanted mm -hmm. You know, I, I wanted to settle down. I wanted to have a family. And, um, you know, when I came, when I, when the opportunity presented itself to come back to St. John's, I was like, this is a no brainer. Uh, my kids can go here. Um, I can stay here for as long as I want, you know, hopefully. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, so the college thing, you know, I mean, I, I'll, I'll never roll it out for down the line. Um, you know, I've told coach Stifler at, uh, you know, Sean Stifler is head coach at Notre Dame was my college roommate. And I said, Hey man, you know, when I finish up, I'll come sit on your bucket and throw BP. So, uh, you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. That's super cool. I, I was, I mean, I, I was just wondering, you know, and I think, cause that's where, you know, you get guys that just, just, just guys that looking for jobs and like how to make the decision and things like that. I think, you know, like just listening to you and, and like knowing, like you said, the situation, the situation was the people that you had surrounded you, this administrative support, you know, and where that I think that's just a great recipe anywhere when you kind of look for your job or where you want to end up. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Wow, so I like how you just mentioned, too, like at the beginning, like you, you made your decision for the kind of life you wanted. You know, like I didn't want that. This is the life that I wanted. I want my family. I want to look at my kids like you. You kind of made the, the life decision first where I think some guys don't do that. Yeah, well, and, and it's also, you know, where you are in your life at that point in time. 
Um, you know, if you're 20, you know, if you're 22 and you're just leaving college and you want to be a college coach, you know, you're not, there's really very little holding you to one thing or another. Um, you know, at the time when I finished playing, I was 25. Um, you know, uh, you know, three years is a long time um, in between when you leave college and, and at that point. And, you know, there was, there was a decision. It was, Hey, you know, do I want to go and just be, you know, be a volunteer right now and start working my way through it? Or, you know, do I want to, you know, try to take over a program as quickly, you know, have an opportunity to be a head coach in a, in a much quicker fashion. Um, and, and, you know, when, with my dad, he was like, look, I'm not going to do this forever. He's a, he's a full-time zoning attorney. So, you know, he, he was never going to be able to put the time in that I, that I can, um, mm -hmm. You know, and that, that helped also. It's like, hey, you can, you know, I'm not going to do this forever. You can come on board and, and be the assistant and then you can take over when I decide I'm done. And, you know, that was going to be a whole lot quicker at St. John's than it would be had I, you know, yeah. gone, gone and been a volunteer at George Mason and kind of my work my way up. Um, you know, and again, at 25, you're, you know, uh, you are getting a little bit closer to um, settling down than you are not settling down. So, yeah. Very good. Very true. Very true. That's good. That's good stuff. I mean, that's, that's really good. I just, I just, uh, you know, and, and it's like everybody, we're all making, you know, everybody's making just different decisions at different parts of their life, you know, and the game has changed even for me and, you know, and got, got, it changes all the time, you know, like when that guy does possibly even lose his job, you know, and like, what do we think he's going to have to make decisions there? So I just think that's so valuable. And, and hearing from perspectives is always valuable. Yeah. And yeah. Valuable and, for yeah. Sure. and you spoke, you've spoken to a lot of, uh, a lot of serious coaches. So, uh, you know, the perspective that you have now, you know, talking to these guys, it's gotta be, you know, it's, it's crazy to think, uh, you know, of all the guys that have been on this podcast and you've talked to about their careers and, and how they've moved forward and, um, you know, I know I saw you had Edwin Thompson on, um, mm. you know, recently. I don't know how, how long it was this year, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was a couple months. It was about two months ago. Um, and I, you know, I've known Edwin since he was at Bates. Um, oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. So, so for a long time. And, and, you know, um, you know, I was, I, I grew up a Georgetown basketball fan. So when easy to do. Yeah. 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 At that point. So, um, yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it was, you know, I knew when Georgetown hired him, it wasn't going to take long for him to turn that oh, thing around. I mean, he's, yeah. it got just incredible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So the careers are great question. Then what, when you saw him at Bates, did you know, like you said, like you, like what, what, what was it? Because like, I've got like, like I'll talk to my wife or anybody, like even after I have these conversations, I'm like, this was like, and most time it's always like that, but like. What was it with Coach Thompson that you're just like, wow, like this guy's got it? So we run a um, we, you know, the the when I when I stopped my my brother established a baseball camp company called Diamond Skills. Um, you know, he he was playing and he when when he was in professional baseball, he got hurt, so he had to figure out a way to make money during the summer, and he founded a camp company and ran baseball camps, and so, um. Fast forward to 2006, and we establish a winter um, high school showcase camp. And so, um, you know, it was a it was four weekends, and and we would bring in as many college coaches as we could during those four weekends. Um, Edwin stood out because you know 
the, the day is long. We don't, you know, we don't ask, we don't ask the college coaches to get in and throw BP or do flips or anything like that. You know, we say you, you know, at that point they had to be instructors. We paid them as instructors and they could do and go to any, any station that they wanted. Um, but what stood out was, was how, how, how hard he worked at camp. He never stood in the same spot and he was always moving around one year. Um, the camp got snowed out. He came in, and I think he was at Harvard at this time. He was at Harvard, and he he said, "Look, I can't leave without getting something." So he came to my uh, one of my one of the other guys that worked at camp picked him up. He came to my house. We made him breakfast, and we sat and we went through every single player at camp, so that he would leave with, "Okay, these are the guys that I need to go that I need to some you know whether I'm getting in touch with or follow back up with." Um, just his work ethic uh, stood out, you know, uh, for me watching him. Um, and, you know, you see him go from, you know, from Harvard to Duke to, you know, what, you know Eastern Kentucky, then to, to Georgetown. Just, you know, I, I never had a doubt that he was going to be a success as a coach because, you know, he, he's a worker. Um, you know, he, he was going to get out there. He was going to recruit. And he was, you know, he was not going to waste his time and, and, you know, it didn't take him long at Georgetown to to do what he's done. I'd have made a splash, and I love his competitiveness too, man. Just, and I guess that's part of being the worker. You know, there's a part of you that's going to compete because you you're trying to outwork somebody too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I do, man. He, unbelievable. Uh, been fortunate to get to know him for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah Edwin, man, what a guy. I mean, I guess, man. Have you have you uh, been to see a game? Have you have you checked those guys out? I mean, you, you guys are you know, pretty close, right? It, it is. It's it's sad to say that um, uh, I have not. Uh, and, no. and we we do our fall inter squads. Um, they used to play at Shirley Povich Stadium out in Bethesda, and we would do mm -hmm. our fall. We we played there every week in the fall. Uh, that's how close it is. Um, but with my schedule and with with family, you know, yeah. I mean, I was lucky enough to get out to watch my nephew. VCU uh, came to George Mason last spring, um, and I was lucky enough to get out to watch him play on a Sunday um, and, and hang out with Coach Brown that day. And at that point, at that point, you know, Sean Stiffler was the coach of VCU, so I got to got to hang out with him a fair bit as well. Um, but it is it is really hard to get out, and you know, probably for me, one of my biggest regrets is that I haven't gotten to see uh, our guys play in college as much as I as much as I would have liked, um, you know, watching them, watching them through high school and then, and then getting, getting, getting to see them play three years after that, you know, is, you know, something I would have liked to have done more, but, you know, you have to, you have to fit time in when you, you know, fit things in when you have time. So. Yeah. You know, and then you're like in the fall, you say that, well, maybe you the fall, but like the fall, you're, you got fall ball and your fall yeah. training and things that you're doing and, yeah, and at the end of the day, like you're gonna also you got kids and you got family and it is it's it's hard for sure. You know, try to see some of those fruits of your labors. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt about you it. You know, see how that development system's really working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How do your kids like so like because it's one of my best compliments, like I, I can say like because <clears throat> that's what I've I loved about coaching and, and I still do. And and I every time I have a practice, I want it to be the best practice. And how how do your kids what what do they come back to have they what do they come back saying about your practice 
when during like these college guys, like, so like a college guy, when they play, like what have you, like, have they say coach, like I was ready for my practice. I was ready for this college experience because of what we did here at St. John's. Um, well, I mean, I hope that they're being honest with me when they say that, 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 uh, I mean, I think that's, um, something that we, we take very seriously, uh, is the preparation side of it. Um, you know, I, I mean, for me as a player, I was not immensely, I was not physically gifted. I, you know, I, I worked, I worked pretty hard to get to where I was. Um, and, and so I, 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 they do come back and say that on, on, you know, and they say that about the entire situation, whether it's academically, um, you know, environmentally, uh, the way the school is and baseball wise, they, you know, I, that is one thing that they do come back and say that they were, they were very prepared to handle, uh, what they faced in college. Um, you know, and, and I mean, Lord, for, for the longest time, we lifted and, you know, it's like three to four days a week that we worked out before school. And, you know, when you have a kid coming from Waldorf to St. John's to be there at six fifteen, you know, that's a lot harder than getting up at six o'clock, rolling out of bed and going to six fifteen workouts at, at George Mason, you know, um, yeah. you're right there. So, yeah, I mean, they do, they do come back and say that, and I hope they're being honest and, and I hope that that is what we're doing because I think for, for all, for all coaches or instructors or teachers, whatever it is, it's your, you're trying to put them in a situation to be good people when they, when they go out into the world, um, you know, and, and to be able to provide something to society and, and have a family and provide for them and, and, you know, do things the right way. So, you know, you never know. And, you know, as they say, it's every coach, I guess they all, everybody always says, you well, we'll know how good we did in 25 years. Right. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But I was thinking, like, what what does? Because you, I remember you talked uh, earlier about like all three teams doing offense the same, doing defense the same. I'm sure like throwing progressions are the same. Like, so what does it? What does it look like? What do those three teams that practice plan at St. John's like? What could you dive into? Like, what does that plan look like? Um. Well, I mean, you know, for us, our, you know, we, we were, we win, you know, I, you know, I think you win big games on three things and that's pitching defense and base running. And so the majority of our practice time at all the levels are spent on those three things. Um, and that was something I, I, I didn't start with. Uh, it's something that kind of, you know, uh, grew over the course of, of 17 years where, you know, um, and I, one of the pitching coaches said, you're not, you know, you keep talking about how important pitching is. You just fit it in at practice. You don't make it, you don't make it a priority. And I said, you know what, you're right. And so, you know, the first hour and 20 minutes of practice is warm up throwing in our pitching work and every single, every single pitcher in our program, regardless of where they stand on the roster gets pitching work every single day. Um, and that's across the board at all three levels. Um, and, and I think that is shown in the amount of, uh, in the depth that we have within our pitching staff, that it's not just, you know, our top three arms getting, getting their work done. It is, uh, it's everybody and it's every day. Um, everybody's on a set schedule and the, and the schedule is the same all summer, all fall. And because the coaches are coaching all summer and all fall, it just leads right into the spring. Now the spring's a little bit different because, you know, it might shift with when you pitch. But, um, um, 
but yeah, so you, you know, you, you warm up and you, you get your pitching work done and then, and then it's right into some sort of team defense, whether it's, you know, what we're doing with our bunt defense or our picks or our first and thirds or PFPs or, um, you know, whatever that is. And then, you know, into, into for us, you know, cause you know, the way that the field is split, the JV and the freshman teams are on a, on a smaller field, so they can't go full field like we can, but into a, a live team, O team D situation and, and pitting, you know, one team against another running through scenarios and situations. And, and then we always hit last, um, you know, so that if, you know, we don't get things done the way they need to get done, then the, the hitting gets cut out um, or shortened. So, but that's the way it is at all three levels. They, everybody follows the same schedule and, and um, it's all, it's given to them. And as you know, my, the JV coach that we have now has been with me. Um, you know, he's been a coach in our program since the year after he graduated St. John's. So, um, you know, he's, he's pretty, he's pretty good in running practices and, and, uh, and knowing what needs to get done and, and, you know, if everybody's doing the same thing, then it should be easier when they get to the varsity level to be able to do the right bunk coverage when we want to do it and the right picks and that kind of stuff. So that's that's kind of the, the set of practice. How how do you mix in? So let's say, for example, like typically you're uh, like you're doing live stuff at the end with defense and offense. Will you mix pitching into that? So let's say a guy like when a guy's throwing inner squad or inner squad, just a totally separate day, and you're just going to inner squad wider way. Or will there be still like a like a live, possibly controlled inner squad that you would do at the end? Yeah, no. So we'll if we do anything with live arms, it'll it'll be done right at the beginning of practice. Um, yeah. because that would be part of that would be their pitching work for the day. Um, whether it's you know, part of their bullpen, you know, they throw, they take so they have their bullpen at the end, they're gonna throw three live hitters. So they finish in the bullpen and run on the field and we set three live hitters in situations. And it might not be a full defense, but you know, there's a live hitter, there's a catcher, and there's a first baseman, and and they're working on hold holding runners and their picks and stuff. Um, but no, our 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 live team stuff, you know, we're you know, we have a turf field, so we don't have to worry about, you know, dragging or anything after we, you know, have done bunt defense or whatever it is. So no, we we set um, you know. Uh, you know, we have, we have a, with three hack attacks. So we, we set, nice. we set one up on the field and, and uh, um, you know, that's, it, we can do, you know, you can have 12 hitters go through each side on different situations. You can knock it out in a half hour um, and teach while it's happening. Um, you can run the live offense, you can run live defense, um, you can manipulate situations and, um, so, so, you know, we just do it with the hack attack and, and that way we know it's going to be a strike and something's going to happen. Oh yeah. And that velo, like I, I love, I think there's something said about the velo at 60 feet, six inches and not being at 30 feet, just like getting it on you. Like, I just feel like there's something to that. I mean, as, especially just as a hitter, we get guys, I think just the track and it is just, there's just something a little bit to that. Uh, yeah. I agree. I agree a hundred percent, man. It is, uh, you know, adding the hack attacks into our hitting has been um, a game changer for us, um, you know, and, and seeing significant velocity on a daily basis allows the guys to adjust uh, a whole lot quicker uh, in games. So we've been we've been uh, uh, it's something we've, we've added in heavy over the last three or four years. Yeah, like I feel like there's definitely been like a 
a change where like I know from the start of my coaching, like twenty oh no one was or oh four, it was like, eh, I'm not gonna I will throw, you know, like I don't want it off the machine. But like now I think I think there's been a change of like, look, they gotta you gotta see it. And I think there's definitely been a change of using the machine. It's been okay to use the machine. Yeah, and the guys don't like it. They uh well, I don't know if they don't like it. They'd much rather face, you know, a, a BP arm just throwing it in there so they can blast away. But um you know, everybody's trying to get to the same spot and they have different opinions on how to get there. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's not, it's not easy. It's it. Cause it's dirty. It's, it's, it's ugly. You know, as Tyler Gillum would say, you know, you got to train ugly, you know, and yeah. a lot of times you're getting sawed off and it is, it's rough, you know, and yeah. trying to teach that, you know, but I, I love what you talked about. Like, man, like just giving guys three batters and part of their, a part of their bullpen. And then you, just so I'm just kind of seeing this right is like, so like that guy who needs three or three, three or so live hitters, you would have the hack attack also next to them. So like as he's done, then you can get guys on the other side. No, no, they, this would all happen. So they'd go through their throne, throne pro. They, they'd play catch and we'd, we'd start all of our bullpen work. Yeah. We have, um, you know, our, our, on our bullpen situation. I, I mean, I think it's great. We have, um, we have a, we have two bullpens on the home side, two bullpens on the away side. Um, and then we have, um, down on the field, we have six portable mounds. So, um, when we have a heavy day of pitching, we just bring the portable mounds out and, and mm. line them up. And so you can have four to five guys throwing at one time, getting everything done. And so, no, they'll, they'll do whatever it is there. So if their bullpen set is. 25 pitches in the bullpen and then at the end of their bullpen they would throw three hitters where they're adjusting what they do within the set so fastball break ball change whatever it is instead of just doing it in the bullpen they would go to the field and do it on the field to a live hitter Love it. um so uh and we run you know however many guys we need to run through that or if there's guys that need to see live arms um as hitters we would do that um but uh no, that's all. No, that that when we bring the hack attack out, it's just a hack attack. There's no. Yeah, that's at end of the practice segment you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I was thinking, um, what would start? You know, your center fielder that doesn't pitch. What's he doing that first hour when you're really focused on your you're pitching? Oh man, uh, he they we go to the cage. Um, we have um, a 75 foot cage and a 60 foot cage right next to the bullpens. So they go, um, and, and I mean, you know, we carried, we ended up with 28 guys on the roster this year. And I think 20, I think 20 of them pitched. So there, there wasn't a lot of guys who were heading to the cages, um, sure. but they do, they go to the cages. Um, we have four stations that are set up in the cages and then they also jump in on the bullpens and track pitches. So, um, you know, we keep them busy as best as we can. And then, you know, we can take the first baseman out and do some defensive stuff with them as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they're, they're in the cages and, and you're talking, you know, generally it's only, you know, most of the pitching stuff we do that day, usually every day takes between 20 and 25 minutes. So, you know, the hit, the, the, the guys that don't pitch get, you know, 15 or 20 minutes more hit and, um, yeah. you know, that the, you know, during the day and, um, it helps them out as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was just wondering if it would just be like pitchers, you kind of, you know, you can show up at four and everybody else shows up at 430 kind of deal. Or like you said, yeah, it's just extra cage time. Yeah, yeah. So it's all depending on how it's a good good way to use the – probably got another hack attack in there too. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. That's great. That's great. That's great stuff. Oh man, that's good. Oh, hey, oh, Christopher. So, especially as base, as much as base running is a part of you, and I find it such a challenge. Um, how do you make base running game like? And like you said, making the situations game like is is creating more game like situations within base running and what you're trying to teach. Oh man, I tell you, I that is a great question, and. You know, if uh, I need to, I need to listen to more of your podcast, so I can figure that out. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't have an answer for that other than, you know, in the in the live stuff that we do, um, you, that is the time when you get the most live base running. Um, you know, there were times where we tried to do live steel breaks with an art with a pitcher on the mound thrown to the plate, stuff like that. Um, but with a with limited amount of time, it's hard. For me, I, I found it hard to do. Um, so, uh, you know, just you just we do the best we can with when when we put when we when we segment out our base running, you know, our steel breaks and, and that kind of stuff of having a live pitcher out there so that they get a live look with him. Um, but uh, but I, you know, anybody that you know, maybe Ryan Ter Ryan Terrell is a base running guru that I know, so. I need, I need, this is probably one of the things I need to go ask him is exactly what he does with his base runners. Cause man, they, they steal some bases over there. Yeah. He always has, even Riverdale. They yep. were about, they played fast. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. I, I just, I do. I just, I just find it, you know, rather than the one guy sitting up there and you are working your breaks, it's like, how can we incorporate this, a, a game where we can make it more alive and, and uh, give them the green light. And at the same time, like we're kind of embracing and, and creating the culture of like them not being scared of making those jumps. And at the same time, not being reckless. Like I'm just trying to find that. Like, how can we, you know, because that's the thing with you, especially with young kids and you're just trying to teach a steal is like them just picking up the cues and having the nuances of base running to, to see things that they can take a jump with. And I think it's, it's definitely learned. Uh, no doubt, man. And and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly about the the idea of not making a mistake or getting thrown out. And I, th I think it's something that um, I need to be better with with our players is saying, man, look, you're going to get thrown out. It's going to be OK. If you get thrown out, if I've given you the green light, and you get thrown out, then it's on me. It's not on you. Um, you know, and it's something that we we certainly have to get better with and, and something we spent a lot of time on this year. Uh, with the guys because I felt like we had a team that could really run this year. So, um, but you're, I think that's spot on and and the best base running coaches have the most confident base runners because they're not worried about getting thrown out or getting yelled at if they get thrown out. Um, you know, it, whether, however you teach it, um, I do believe that that being a good base runner is about confidence. Um, you know, it's instincts and stuff like that as well and speed, but, you know, some guys that aren't that fast can steal bases if they're confident. Yeah. And they they have some instincts to read a pitcher, so um, you know certainly something that I am I'm as a coach needed to, needed to be better at with our players uh, is giving them that confidence to 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 go run. Yeah. Do you do you find yourself like uh, how do you balance between like uh, when you want to um, like teach the base stealing of it and then teach like the base situation or the base running part of it? Yeah. Um, I. I try to do that in two separate spots. Um, you know, the, the, the act of running bases and, and how they're going to do their turns. Um, that kind of stuff is done at once at one in one, in one set. And then the steel break and stuff is done in a, in a different set. 
um, you know, and hopefully those two come together as, you know, in the games. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the act of what they're doing and reading and, and, you know, using their eyes to run the bases is, you know, something that we really try to try to get them to do, but, you know, um, it's also something they've got to, they've got to learn to be able to do on their own as they're, as they're playing, you know, and take what they've taught, been taught and be able to do it in summer baseball and fall baseball. So. I like it. I, like it. I just, I just, do you feel like one, one should be taught more than the other? Like, or do you feel like they're both about the same? Um, well, you know, I think every coach has what they want to do and how they want to do it. And, you know, some coaches are, are, you know, are really want to run and steal a lot of bases and other coaches want to be able to go first to third. And, um, you know, I think it, it depends on what your priorities are as a, as a coach and as a program and also what kind of players you have, um, you know, what you, what you focus on in terms of the, if you're, I guess, if you're a college coach, what you bring in and what you recruit, um, or as a high school coach, what, what type of, what type of players you have in, you know, currently on your team. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think year to year, I've, I some focused on some things more than others. Um, you know, I think this year we did a uh, the guys did a really good job running the bases, and we focused more on, hey man, we're gonna we're gonna try to run. You know, I don't want to bunt as much anymore. I'm, I want to run. You know, if we get thrown out, we get thrown out. I don't want to give up any more outs. So uh, so that was the focus a little bit a little bit more of a focus this year than it has been in the past for us. But you know, um, I think they're both really important. Um, you know, I think it's you know, the base running side of things, you're hoping kids are learning a lot of that stuff on the way up. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, you know, that's also becoming harder and harder now, but, uh, um, you know, so that when they get to high school, they have some idea of how to run the bases and how to play versus you having to teach them that stuff when they get there. And same thing for college coaches, I guess, you know, they, they don't want to have the teach them how to take a turn at first base or go first to third. Um, you know, they hope they know that already. You do. Uh, you're hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I, I just uh, in terms of like stealing, like have you? Um, is it all pretty standard? Have you got into like any kind of like the new school Tallarico, you know, vault kind of jumps? Like, have you dived down into that rabbit hole at all? You know, you know, what's really funny is I, I, uh, I about three weeks ago I bought Mike Roberts' book on base running. Yep. So I'm going to read it and, you know, I, I also think you have to have guys that can do it. Um, and, I, and, and, you know, um, there are some, some teams that we play against that do it. Um, I know the, the head coach at Colgan, Mike, uh, Mike Colangelo, um, his guys do it. And, and man, they, they we scrimmaged them earlier this year and they just destroyed us with it. Um, you know, it was one of those things that kept me up at night figuring out, okay, well, if these guys can run all over us and we pride ourselves on holding runners, you know, I'm a middle guy. Nobody steals third base. That doesn't happen. Right. Um, and he was doing it without any problem. So, uh, you know, it's something that we, you know, if you're, if you're not looking at it, you're probably not, you're, you're leaving something out of your, out of your arsenal. So it is something that, that we are going to look into. Um, but it also is something you have to create time to teach. Um, right. 
you know, it's not something you're going to put in. The kids are going to pick up. It's, it's going to be something you're going to have to spend some time on it. And that's kind of where the priorities thing for me goes into it is how much, you know, how much time do you have to put in an entirely new base running system uh, versus what you've been doing and what the kids are kind of comfortable with. So, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. And, but I'm, I'm excited to read the book. That's for sure. Yeah. Or even, even like you said, defending it, you know, yeah. you could also find ways to defend it or possibly just counteract, you know, what you're, what you're doing there with that as well. No doubt. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Just, just one, especially like you said, you're just being just a base, uh, base running guy. Yeah. Just was yeah. curious for sure. You know, and it's, it's just good even to hear like that process that went through your brain there as you're trying to make decisions for your program. Like, I just feel like people take that for granted, man, you know, like, but it's serious. Like you're, you filtered through that and you're thinking through that, you know? And I think that's, there's some, there's some real value to just even you hearing you say that coach, honestly, especially for like guy like you, like it's, you know, it's just, it's good. That's such a real answer. I really appreciate, you know, you just, just sharing that, man. Like, it's just awesome. Yeah. Well, I haven't told Mike that yet, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's real to... though. Like it's so yeah. real, you know, and it's not, but you, it's not that you were saying like, this doesn't work. Like it wasn't anything like that. It was like, there's just so many, other, there's other factors that are involved, Yeah, you know? And at the end of the day, like, we're all about winning. Is it going to, it also, is it going to get you more wins than what you're doing, you know? And, and that this, there's so many things that take it into consideration, like you said. No doubt. No doubt. But man, I know I, I've kept you pretty long. I just, uh, the conversation has been great. Um, and that's always just the goal. I just, was there anything, man, that you were, were thinking that you wanted to kind of touch base about that maybe I have no, man, this is, this has been great, man. You know, connecting these dots and, and, you know, kind of, um, you know, just talking about, you know, American Legion baseball and stuff like that. And, and, you know, when you, when you initially emailed me and sent me the information, you, you, the link was to, to the interview you did with, um, uh, with Joe Palumbo and yeah. over at Spalding and yep. it's crazy as two his two older brothers went to St. John's. So oh. His oldest brother, John Palumbo, graduated the year behind me, uh, and he is now the assistant athletic director or associate athletic director. I hope I don't, I don't want to mess this title up, but um, director of athletics down at Georgia Tech. And then his younger brother, his, his, his second older brother, Jeffrey, graduated from St. John's in 1999. So I was a shortstop at St. John's. He came in. He became the starting shortstop. I went to George Mason. Played shortstop there. Jeff went to George Mason, played shortstop there. Um, and then you know, had a um, you know, went to professional baseball and got hurt, so he wasn't able to continue, but is now the um, you know, the associate head coach at East Carolina. Um, so his two older brothers went to St. John's, he and his brother went to the Mappa. Um, you know, so but but anyway, so so you know, going on and listening and just trying to trying to catch some of the catch some of what you, you know, what you were talking to those guys about and, and, uh, you know, connecting dots is always fun, man. Baseball is such a small world and, and, you know, um, you know, I don't, I don't get out to do, you know, these kind of things all that much. I don't, I don't get to many conventions. So, uh, so being able to sit and talk to somebody just about regular baseball stuff is pretty cool. Thank you, coach Gibbs for that great information. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for being able to 
share, being honest, being real, and having a great conversation and being willing to share with many other people. I really enjoyed hearing his values, pitching, defense, base running, how he's structuring his practices based off of those, willingness to talk about how he's adapted to how the game has changed, knowing what he loved and the experiences that he knows that kids should, we should give to kids, but at the same time just being adaptable, understand the realities, his decision-making, how he decided to do things based off of his life, based off of where he wanted and how he wanted to live his life. I think those are great ways to make decisions. I appreciate him sharing those. appreciate just the rawness of him talking about base running. He values his base running, so of course he looked into how these other guys were being successful here and how can he implement this program, but being real and being true to himself and because we are, if we're gonna, if we are going to teach something, then we are also going to give up something else that we do teach. Because it's going to take time. And to hear a guy that's been that successful and been through it, and to hear that process, and to hear him being real about how things will he implement them in his program. It's valuable. It's valuable for a young coach and anybody who's looking to do newer things to go through that kind of vetting system. So super cool. Really can't thank him enough. Thank our sponsors for giving us this, a bigger platform. Really appreciate those guys. Will Meyer and the guys at Netting Pros. Most importantly, thank you guys for continuing to download and share. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Really enjoy it. And I'm happy to do it. And I can't wait to hear, have another great baseball conversation. And until next time, keep getting better.